All right, it is time for Heads Up Monday. This is where we give you a uh, preview of some of the uh, major events uh, to look forward to uh, throughout this week. Uh, we have joining us, uh, filling in for Adam Rowe uh, this week, uh, Yoo Soo-min. Soo-min, good to see you. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Good to see you. Well, we've got a host of events in store this week. Let's first start off with what's happening today. Uh, we mentioned this during our news briefing. Mm-hmm. Lee Young-soo, a survivor of the uh, wartime sexual slavery atrocities, is going to hold a press conference basically accusing the uh, civic group's uh, uh, former leader of corruption. Right. So Lee Young-soo, a 90-year-old survivor of Japanese wartime sexual slavery, will hold another press conference in Daegu today. Well, this time it's to share her thoughts on the allegations surrounding the Korean Council for Justice and remembrance for the issues of military sexual slavery by Japan. Well, um, previously on May 7th, she initially questioned the financial transparency and integrity of this civic group. And since then, Yoon Mi-hang, the lawmaker-elect and former head of the group, and the group were embroiled in a series of allegations. Well, Yoon Mi-hang and Lee Yong-soo met in Daegu last Wednesday, and Lee told Yoon to come down to Daegu today, but it's still unclear whether Yoon will appear at the press conference, so a lot of eyes are on that. Yeah, definitely, and we'll talk about it tomorrow for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving on to the Emergency Employment Stability Fund, uh, there are uh, different kinds of relief funds, right? You're right. So it's so-called Emergency Employment Stability Fund. It's for special contract workers, freelancers, small business owners who are not protected under the employment insurance. Now, since this will be given to workers who are not registered for the employment insurance, you have to meet several specific criteria to apply for the fund. Well, for example, the days for unpaid leave, household income, and the annual income. So it's uh, rather hard to check by yourself. You have to go to the designated website's mock service tab to check your eligibility for the fund from today. Well, from what the government has estimated so far, some 930,000 people will be eligible for the fund. It will be given out twice. And the amount will total 1.5 million won. And for the uh, small business owners and self-employed, they are going to be uh, able to apply for another subsidy starting today? Yeah, you're right. So the application for the so-called Seoul City Self-Employed Survivor Subsidy, uh, which is dispersed by the Seoul Metropolitan Government, will open today until June the 30th. Well, this time it's for the underprivileged workers who are particularly hit hard by COVID-19, uh, the self-employed uh, owners and the small business owners. Uh, they, will, they will be eligible for uh, this fund and 700,000 won will be handed out in cash for two months. So businesses eligible for this survival subsidy should have less than 200 million won in annual revenue and around 410,000 small business owners will be eligible to apply. Well, to check the specific requirements, you can go to www.smallbusiness.soul.go.kr. Well, good luck to all of those applying uh, if you are eligible. Let's turn to the U.S. now, Sumin. The uh, New York Stock Exchange set to reopen its trading floor uh, from uh, Tuesday local time. Yeah, that's right. The New York Stock Exchange will reopen this Tuesday after more than eight weeks of closure. Now, it's been two months after it moved all operations to the digital sphere when the COVID-19 hit the United States and leading the New York City to enforce strict lockdown measures. Although it's going to reopen, some things will be different. Uh, Personal protective equipment like face masks will be required and social distancing guidelines will be in place. 
Well, not only this, uh, not all New York Stock Exchange employees will be part of the reopen. Well, only about 25% of the normal uh, trader workforce will be on the floor on tu- uh, this Tuesday. So we could call this a partial reopening of the New York Stock Exchange. Right. Well, uh, we've seen how chaotic and, and frenzied it is uh, within those close quarters. So yeah. we'll see how social distancing actually gets implemented there. Another major international event to uh, talk about the uh, Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. This is the first schedule for the National People's Conference, which opened last Friday. That's going to go on uh, through Wednesday. You're right. So National People's Congress, which is China's most political uh, event, the most important political event of the year, started its event last Friday after a two-month delay due to COVID-19. Well, the first schedule of the Congress, which is Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, is going to continue until this Wednesday, like you said. And just like everything else that's changed and disrupted by this pandemic, this year's NPC meetings will not be the same as usual. So the Congress will be reduced to just a week, and it's about uh, half of its usual duration. And there will also be fewer press conferences, all of which will be held online via video conferencing. So we're seeing a lot of noticeable changes. Yeah, uh, everything has gone virtual, including this uh, very important Chinese uh, political gathering. Let's turn to to some domestic affairs, uh, the phased school reopening. which we were talking about, that's going to take place as planned once again, starting from Wednesday. You're right. So elementary school first and second graders, third-year middle school students, and second-year high school students will return to school this Wednesday as part of its uh, phase reopening plan. Well, there's been some reports and speculations that elementary school first and second graders might not be able to return to school this Wednesday, but Vice Education Minister Park Bae-bom said that the ministry's current measures do not see another postponement of schools in a meeting last week. So, like I said, uh, like we said, the reopening will go at scheduled unless there are some unexpected turn of events. And this Thursday, uh, we have the fourth anniversary commemorating uh, a tragic incident that took place at Seoul's Kui Station. You're right. So this tragic accident in 2016, 2016 resulted in the death of a teenage mechanic. And civic organizations are calling for the legislation that could protect workers' safety. Now, civic groups pleaded for legislating a law which penalizes the company that had a serious industrial accident. And they said it should be the first bill to be passed in the upcoming 21st National Assembly. Well, like you said, it's the fourth anniversary of this tragic accident. So the civic organization is going to designate this week as a memorial week, and they're planning to hold various memorial events to raise awareness about this high-risk tasks and labor issues. Uh, we do have something a little bit more uh, lighthearted as well occurring on the same day, the Chunju International Movie Festival. They're going to screen movies, but this time it will be online. You're right. Well, a lot of activities and events are going virtual, and Chunju International Movie Festival is planning to hold an online movie screening from this Thursday. Now, actually, this is the first time an international movie festival held within South Korea to go online and screen movie online. So from this Thursday, 28th to June 6th, it will screen a total of 96 movies, including 54 domestic and 42 international movies through an OTT platform called Wave for 10 Days. Well, one thing to note is that you could watch movies online only within South Korea, and you can use Wave website or smartphone applications to watch movie online. And uh, we have something that uh, maybe some people hope uh, will be uh, a bit more virtual if you don't like seeing the fighting in person. The Mm -hmm. 20th National Assembly finally uh, ending this Friday. 
Right. So this Friday, the 29th, is the last day of the 20th National Assembly. Well, to give you a brief rundown of what happened during the four-year term, uh, it's been a quite dynamic four years. Uh, so in 2016, it passed a motion of impeachment for the former President Park Geun-hye. And in 2017, as President Moon Jae-in took office, the ruling party changed from then ruling Senri Party, a predecessor to the current main opposition United Futures Party, to the Democratic Party. Well, from that time on, the ruling party and the opposing party have been in a fierce standoff. And then in 2019, uh, there's been this constant clashes over the contentious electoral and judiciary reform bills, and it gave the 20th National Assembly uh, quite a dishonorable nickname. Uh, It was called an animal-like National Mm -hmm. Assembly. And this has affected the rate of of bill passage. Well, the 20th National Assembly uh, passed about 36% of the uh, bills, and about 15,000 bills are expected to be abolished automatically with the ending of the 20th uh, National Assembly. Yeah, not a lot of cooperation in the 20th National Assembly, so the hope is uh, more cooperation in the 21st National Assembly. That'll depend largely on, as you point out, the former ruling Senate Party, Mm. the now uh, United uh, Future Party. Uh, They are set to also have a merger with their satellite uh, proportional representative party, the Future Korea Party. Uh, They were playing coy at the time as to whether they were indeed going to merge or not, but it looks like the actual members of the FKP are deciding we got to do the right thing. So that looks like it's going to take place as well. Sumin, we're out of time. Uh, Thank you for uh, going through all these uh, flurry of events. Appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again soon. See you next time. Thank you.